Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello once again sports fans, I'm Dana Augusta, your host here at the Historically Speaking Sports Podcast, a proud member of the Sports History Network. Right now the NBA is celebrating its 75th anniversary and also while the play while the playoffs are going on in both conferences, I, think, I thought it might have been a great opportunity to get together with a couple of guys that I know that are not only basketball fans but are extremely knowledgeable in the history of the sport and are also very in-depth students of the game. These two guys are not only big time fans but they're also very very close friends of mine and we had a discussion recently on some of the best players that had ever graced the court for the National Basketball Association and were actually named part of the 75th anniversary team, the 75 greatest players in NBA history. Now with all lists, there are some that deservedly need to be on the list and then there are some that were part of the list that we as both fans and students of the game, we should say, were added but didn't think they deserved to be. So my two friends, Charles Combs and Mark Booty got together with myself and we discussed some of these names and some of these some of these names of, of these great players that are both deserving and on the list but aren't not so deserving good players nonetheless but felt as though they're not as good as some of the players that may have been left off the list so this is part one of a two-part series of this discussion it was so good I had to break it up into two parts so here is part one of that discussion among friends that I would like to call it. And you're listening to the Sports History Network's Historically Speaking Sports. And we're going to be having that discussion coming up right after this. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and... Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? How about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintales.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this latest edition and the special edition of the Historically Speaking Sports Podcast, where today we're going to, this is a very special podcast because we're going to be talking about 
the NBA 75th anniversary, and right now we're in the midst of the NBA postseason heading into the conference finals. And right now we're going to be talking about the 75 greatest players in NBA history. But we're going to do it a very different way. We're going to have something of a de- not, maybe a debate. You could call it loosely. Maybe you could even call it a, a discussion. And, and it's basically a fan's discussion. It's not, no type of historical um, professionals that's on here tonight. What we're going to be talking about is just three fans, myself included. I'm coming at you from a fan's perspective, and so are these guys. The first guy I'm going to introduce you to is a guy that I've been knowing for a very long time. He was a close friend of mine when doing our days at Southern University. Um, very, very close friend of mine. He's a very passionate NBA fan as well as a, you know, very knowledgeable about the sport itself. And, and he and actually both of these guys really have a graduate degree in NBA fandom. The first guy I'm going to introduce you is my friend Charles. Go ahead, Charles, and introduce yourself real fast. Oh, thank you so much, Dana. Um, name is Charles, and as Dana alluded to just a moment ago, uh, we've been friends since spring 1997 when we both were um, matriculating at Southern University, became very close friends. I always, you know, this is kind of like business as usual for us because we've had like debates on different things, different topics, different sports through the years, a gazillion and one times. Um, we've been close friends um, throughout and just um, thank you guys for inviting me onto the podcast. Thank you so much for, for um, having me on. Thank you. Oh, no problem, man. And uh, the other guy that's on, on board with us today is uh a guy that I've been knowing almost as long. Uh, but he's, he's a little bit on the younger side, but actually he's also very, very knowledgeable. And his knowledge at times impresses me, you know, to say the least. Go, Mark, go ahead and take, uh, introduce yourself to the program. Hey, man. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, even though today is my daughter's birthday, Aurora and Rain, my twin girls. So I want to give them a shout out. Uh, they actually they actually went to bed so daddy could do this <laughs> so but but yeah dana and i go way back uh dana actually dated my sister and probably was the only guy that i really took to that dated my sister so uh we've been family for a long time and i actually ended up taking his sister to my prom so we we, we that's right we, we've been family for many years man i always try to check up on him uh i'm retired army 20 years, uh, two tours Iraq, one Afghanistan. Um, I now work for um, uh, 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 offshore service uh, company, uh, Swire uh, Energy Services, uh, a global company. I've been with them for uh, 10 years now. So I know I don't look that old, but uh, <laughs> I got a lot of mileage on me, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, thank you, guys. Like, once again, like I told you all, like when we were setting up, um, I want to thank both of you for coming on, taking time out of y'all night or whatever, for you know, having for coming on and having this discussion. Um, the first thing I want to do is go and uh, they had the 75th team that was announced during the season. And I wanted to do this with some buddies of mine because I didn't want to have, I just wanted to have a very informal discussion about with guys that know the game and know the history. And at the same time, love to share their passion for the game and I pick y'all two because y'all both have definitely passion for the game. Now the NBA had this the 75th anniversary team that they announced and 
they, and we're going to break it down to guards. And like I said, doing the, you know, while we were setting up, that this podcast is going to go however way you want it to go. And I'm just the pilot and making sure that it stays on the track. Um, they start off, so I'm, I'm going to start off with the guards, you know, and I'm, we're not going to waste time saying that, okay, the guards are dust and soap. We know Michael Jordan's on it. We know Kobe Bryant's on it. We know Magic's on it. We know other guys, you know, the Allen Iverson. We know all these guys that are on the list. I want to highlight a few guys that a lot of people may not know, okay? For example, Nate Archibald played for the Kings, played for the Celtics back in the day. The only player in NBA history to to lead the league in scoring and assists in the same year, 1973. No player has ever done that before or since. You know, Bob Cousy led the Celtics to the championships in the 60s and, and thus and so. Now, there's three guys on this list that are guards that I don't think should be on the list. One, James Harden. Why is he on the list? Okay. Secondly, Damian Lillard. Now that may that may shock some people that I don't think that he's on the list, and I'm explain why. And the third one is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, yeah, averaged a triple double for two years back to back. I think four years altogether, he averaged a triple double. But I don't think he should be on the list. Now the guys that I that should be replaced by with these guys. First one, where is Joe Dumars? Why isn't he on the list? Oh, my God. That is the one question I looked at the whole list. I'm like, Joe Dumas is not there? Like, you are know? they kidding? Like, this just makes me almost feel like it's it's more popularity or it's more the generation of today. Exactly. That's what, what, that's what I was what, thinking, too. Yeah. So that, that really bothered me. Uh, and not don't forget about my old, my old, my old Golden State Warriors. I was, see, I was, I was thinking about you when I said this because the other two – are Mitch Richmond, who averaged 21 points a game, and Tim Hardaway, who was yep. not only instrumental for those Golden State Warrior teams in the early, in the late 80s, early 90s, but he also was the point guard for those Miami Heat teams in the mid 90s yep. that gave the they gave the Knicks and the Pacers and everybody in the Eastern Conference fits over the years. Of course, they didn't could they couldn't get past Chicago and Indiana and, and like that, but. Tim Hardaway was instrumental on those Miami Heat teams, Mitch Richmond, and Joe Dumars. Now I have a couple that that I think should that that may that deserve honorable mention. Rolando Blackman of the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, he's not on the list, and I see Charles shaking his head. Mark Price of the of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's not on the list as one of the most underrated point guards, in my opinion. And before we came on. Chuck mentioned this guy's name, Sidney Moncrief, you know? So these are guys that I think as guards, they should be on the list or whatever, but not really, you know, thoughts. You go ahead first, Mark. Well, I mean, of course, uh, I mean, me, uh, call me old school, but I mean, you had Chris Mullen who played both forward and uh, shooting guard and, I was a huge Chris Mullen fan. You know, the old run TMC uh, being coached by Don Nelson. Um, uh, Joe Dumars especially needs to be there. Uh, what's Russell Westbrook, man? I, I saw him on the list, and, and I too, I was like, I, 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 I think that was a fan pick him. Or, or, 
and and that's what worries me about the list. And I'm glad you're doing it the way you are because looking at the '75s, man, like it, it it was a lot of players that are playing today that do not deserve to be in it. James Harden, absolutely one of them. <laughs> Right. I mean, I mean, you, you go up there in a in an elimination game, you only score nine points and you held scoreless in the second half. Yeah. But you're supposed to be one of the premier players on on the on the team. And I remember you mentioned, Mark, you know, that when they traded James Harden to Philly away from Brooklyn, you were kind of happy about that. Oh, without a doubt. I was like he looked uh, uh, it was it was heartbreaking to watch him in the finals last year, uh, you know, in, in the Eastern finals, because all the hype that he, he gets drawn. And man, I think uh, he, he didn't do anything. And, and and it was really disappointing when we, when, when Kate, when Durant needed him, he wasn't right. there. You know, you saw it. Everybody saw it. Durant carried the whole team. So uh, I was, I was ecstatic when he left. And you kind of saw that, you know, throughout his entire career, even when he was in Houston, you know, when he would have disappearing acts in the playoffs, you know, a couple of years might have been hurt, but there were other times where he was perfectly healthy and he just disappeared, you know. And this year for the fit for Philly, when Embiid really needed him, you know, he didn't show. And that's what he's always proven to he, is, is he doesn't show up. Uh, no, I mean, every team he's played for, yeah, he's probably played outstanding ball during the season. And, you know, Philadelphia was probably all about him. And then once you get to playoff time, he, he lays an egg, man. Right. Yeah. And Chuck, what you got to say? I concur, man, because um, two of your guards, I had Lillard and I had Harden on, on, on my on my list as well. Those are two of, two of the four people that I had on my list that we briefly discussed before we came on. Now, in terms of um, Harden, Let's kind of discuss James Harden's greatest hits right fast. Um, <laughs> 2012 finals. They had home court one game one. It was still 2 3 2 format at the time. One game one. Didn't even get back to OKC. Lost in five. Right. Didn't, didn't hoop, didn't do anything. Um, remember Western Conference finals, 2018, the Golden State Warriors. What was it? They missed 22 straight threes. In yeah. um in, in, in the last game they they were was it three two Chris Paul got hurt got game seven missed twenty two straight threes then then he backed that up the following year I call that the strip club series that he just laid the egg versus the Clippers because he was like man look they uh VIP just opened at the strip club so I need to hurry up and, and get on where I need to get on to so he just laid the egg versus the Clippers in the playoffs that year just went out very quietly and meekly in the playoffs. And then obviously the last two years, you know, last year um, that Mark kind of alluded to last year where KD was out there fighting, fighting Giannis by himself and needed some help. And he couldn't even, um, he couldn't even come in. And that kind of talks about how, to me, how limited his game is. Obviously he was injured, but normally great players, like he's predominantly a scorer, but sometimes when you're a great player, you have to find a way to kind of impact the game and still get, get dubs. Like, you know, like if you're, you know, you know, like if, if you can't, you know, like I remember in game seven versus the Celtics in the 2010 finals, Kobe had a cold shooting game that night 
but came mm-hmm. up with like 18 boards, like yeah. he, he just he just found other ways. And then eventually he got going in the last five minutes to bring it home and seal the championship. And then last but not least, obviously, obviously this year, you got a big man playing basically with a torn thumb, busted eye socket, concussed, look like the phantom out there, <laughs> more passion and, and, and want to than, than you're showing. So, um, so briefly on Harden, also Damian Lillard, I call them the empty calorie brothers. You know what I mean? Because you look at them, they put up huge numbers, but then when it comes to contribution towards wins, not so much. And now, I the- think with Damian Lillard, though, I think with him, he's going to be, when they come up with the next list, the NBA 100, he's going to be on the list. Okay. I think he will be, but I just think that in his career, it's too early. You know, I think that he's, his career is, is, hasn't been, he hasn't it's been established. He's hit a lot of number of, uh, he has hit a number of great shots, um, clutch shots for Portland. But I think that is with him, he's a, it's a little too early for him, you know, and he's had a, he has a few, you know, moments that like, oh yeah, I remember that, you know, but it hasn't been enough. And it hasn't been enough for him to be on this on this list, at least well, not yet. Well, that's my seems, opinion. It seems like I would view the list as almost like an MVP. Guys that contribute to their teams. Yeah. And many of the guys we see today, it's it's all fantasy. Yeah, they 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 you know they get their points, they get their you know get their triple doubles, and and that's what they look at. Nobody focuses on. How like like a Kobe? How do you how do you you know improve in other areas and also improve your guys? You know if 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 if, if you can't you know if you if you're not hitting the three or you hitting the board, you know you get rebounds, assists. That's why like I'm a huge Steve Nash fan, man. Like he's on the list. He was deservedly list. so. Deservedly so. And um, you know guys like that just help make everybody else around them great. Now I've always th- I've always thought. thought Okay, and this is just me. I could be wrong, but this is from my own personal opinion and from what I see that James Harden is basically, and I don't want to insult the man by saying this, but he's sort of like this generation's Earl Monroe by how he plays, strictly by how he plays. That's it. But the one thing about Earl Monroe who's on this list was when he left the Bullets, in the early 70s and joined the Knicks. He had to curtail his game to fit the Knicks with Walt Frazier and Willis Reed and Dave DeBusher and Bill Bradley. Though he had to fit his game to fit that mold. And that just lets you know that these younger guys aren't willing to do that now. You know, at least I don't think that you leaving a team that had championship aspirations and you're joining a team that had already won. Are you willing to like, instead of averaging 25 a game is we ask you to average 18 a game. Would they willing to swallow their pride to do that? And I think that a lot of these younger guys aren't willing to do that. Well, I mean, look at a guy like Blake Griffin. I mean, yeah. the guy, he, you know, he's over there riding a the bitch and he comes in and he, you know, uh, you come in to average eight, you know, and, and play, you know, get maybe 15 minutes, but, uh, uh, he still puts everything he has into it. 
not saying he's the greatest, but I mean, it, he, 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 uh, he's not over there for style points. Right. Like, quick question, Mark. In terms of Blake Griffin, now obviously, you know, he's been willing to accept a lesser role mm-hmm. to a degree. But in my opinion, I feel that he has no choice because a lot of his athletic and um, athletic and basketball gifts have diminished to that. No, without has, without without a doubt. If he was, say, for instance, if he was, I probably estimate right now he's probably one third of what he once was at best. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's talk if he was closer to 75 to 80 percent of what he was from what you've seen of him would you do you think he would have would be as accommodating to taking a lesser role in terms of the the greater good for the team's aspirations i probably not i mean you 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 do have a, a, a solid point um i think uh he's fell off um he's a, a lot of like a lot of a lot of these younger guys that that hit the NBA running hard and burned out real quick. And uh, you, you got to worry about ego and arrogance. And I, I I guess that's the part I appreciate about it is uh, he knows his role and he's playing it. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the guy. So I don't know if he would have, you know, in, in his prime or when he was really balling, if he would have, if he, he would have accepted that role. Okay, fair enough. Okay, looking at some of these other guys that's on the list, let me ask you guys a question. Okay, the guys that's on the list, what was the one one of the guys that you guys that never had a chance to see that's on the list as a guard that you would have paid to see, you know, if you had the chance to? Pistol Pete. Same here. I mean, I, I mean, what he did at LSU, and of course his NBA career didn't, match the hype that he had coming out of LSU. But, you know, Pistol Pete played, started off with the Hawks and went to the Jazz, which was an expansion team, and then finished with the Celtics. Um, I would have, you know, I'm same here. I mean, the, that guy there, my all-time favorite player, Clive Drexler, is on the list. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's my all-time favorite player. Now, I have two all-time favorite players, and um, – I have two all-time favorite players, and they are both. One of them isn't on the list, which for for whatever reason I don't understand why. And the other one is is Sean Kemp, which we're going to get to Ooh. in the forwards in a minute. <laughs> I, well, uh, you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Chuck. You got no, it. Well, I, I was just going to touch upon before we move to forwards. You guys gave some good replacement suggestions and man you can't argue with any of these joe dumars could run point could run two could defend one and two mm-hmm. shooter could get his own shot you know things like that mitch richmond talents got wasted you know the dreaded trade they had to run to him to see things going got rid of him for billy owens remember yeah. that yeah <laughs> for billy owens coming out of syracuse just god and then Tim Hardaway had a nice little run. And then uh, obviously Roe Blackman, um, Mark Price, City Moncrief that we mentioned before we came on. But I suggested, I got, I got, a, I got a few names, like the replace Little. How about Dennis Johnson or Gus Williams? Those two are very good, very good picks. You know, I forgot, you had mentioned Gus Williams, but I totally forgot about him. You know, and then for the Harden pick, this was one of the ones you remember, we were talking before we came on, like 
you know, guards to guards. This is his spot is actually guard to small forward. I have, I have, I have two bigs and one small for his spot. And um, what about Artis Gilmore, Sidney Moncrief, or I think my main pick, which will be Dan Issel. Dan Issel, that's 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 very interesting. Dan Issel for the Nuggets, that, that's very interesting. Um, Artis Gilmore, I think that a lot of people, I think that. He, a lot of people remember him when he was with the ABA, how dominant he was in the ABA, but when he came into the NBA, not so much, I don't think. Um, but when he was in the ABA, he was the most one of the most dominant centers that there was. And I feel like a lot of times, like I think similar to what the NFL does, like how they when they um, merge with the AFL. They kind of acknowledge the AFL as far as a lot of the record books and some of the records and the wins. Right. I just feel that similarly, it's kind of unfair that the way that the NBA did it. It's kind of like they don't necessarily acknowledge the ABA. Like, for example, you know, Dr. J, right? Um, Julius Irvin, taking into account his ABA stuff, all of a sudden, instead of one championship, what, he has three or four? And then in terms of all-time leading score, what, he's top five? If you take into account what he did with the um, New York Nets and the ABA and things like that. And I think in this case as well, you know, Dan Issel had a lot of good years in, in, um, in, in, in Denver along, alongside David Thompson, Bobby Jones, and, and, and all of those guys. But they just couldn't get over the Nets and the ABA. But then when he got to the Nuggets, couldn't get, pla- couldn't get past the Lakers or the Blazers. Like um like in the uh, late seventies and the eighties and then you know also he had a lot of had a productive career on the um at our Rupp as well when he played in college. All right, great man. Um, I see that you know we got like a little just a little while left to go because uh, I'm somewhere on a little time limit here. Let's talk oh, about okay. anybody else that you think that's on this list that. Don't belong quickly, you know. Just in your opinion, that don't belong. And for me, forwards, I, forwards and centers, I really don't have anybody now. Chuck, that you made a great comment when we talked, um, setting this up about Dwight Howard. He's not on the list, but you think that he should be, and yeah. you kind of brought me around that curve to let, let you know, the, to kind of influence me. Like, okay, maybe he does deserve to be on this list. I think he should, because to me, I think a lot of times someone's reputation kind of can work against them sometimes. Because, you know, like once he left Orlando, he became known as kind of aloof, not necessarily seriously committed to winning and, and, and so forth. But in his time in Orlando, man, he was just a monster. And you look when he made the, what was that, 2009 finals, he, he knocked out the Celtics, he beat LeBron. You remember they had the whole... Um, puppet campaign for Kobe and LeBron because they just knew it would be a Cavs Lakers final. He had other ideas. He made it. He had well, who was it? Rashard Lewis as his four man. He had yeah, Andrew Turkoglu was on that team. Ray yeah. Austin was on that team. You know? And he, he he made he, he made he had um, Michael Petras. You know he he made the finals with them. And I just feel that he's way more dominant. Whereas AD, a lot of times when he was in New Orleans. I'm not saying win the championship, but a lot of times he doesn't even make the playoffs and more than half the teams get to go to the 
to the playoffs, you know, and and, and he consistently couldn't make it. And and I, and I just think at their respective apexes, he's the superior player without, without a doubt in my mind. All right. All right. Mark, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, uh, without a doubt. Uh, I, I just were, and I don't know what happened with, with Dwight. I think that uh, at that time I really wasn't into the NBA. I mean, um, but he, it, it just felt like he burned out real quick. Uh, you know, uh, hey, y'all still got me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It just felt like he burned out real quick. I mean, boom, he was there, and then all of a sudden, you didn't hear. Like I actually, I had to watch the NBA. I had forgotten that Dwight Howard was still in the league. And <laughs> until I'm serious, until I saw him with uh, uh, with the Lakers, I was like, what? I thought he was like I really did. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just think a lot of these guys and and, and who, who are who are phenomenal players, especially they hit the NBA and they're running and they look good, and then something just happens. They hit a wall, and and uh, a lot of around the same time, all those guys, man, they just they they, they kind of fade out. Uh, whether it's you know stuff going on in their life, or I don't know what it is, but. Uh, that's so I'd forgotten Dwight Howard was still in the league. I really wow. did. Wow. Not, not, not you know what? I'm, I'm, I feel the same way. I, I feel the same way uh, about them. Um, overall, I think that this was a great discussion that we had. And um, I want you guys to hang out once we once I shut it down. But I really want to thank you guys for coming in. Y'all really made this really cool. Um, thanks for, for coming out. And um, as far as everybody out there, one more just to let you guys know who these guys are. Uh, Mark Booty, long, 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 long time friend of mine. You know, yes, I did date his sister. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, and my friend, my, my, my main my main man from the my days on the yard, my days at Southern University, Charles Combs. He's he's joined us here tonight and uh, I really want to thank you guys for taking your time out on this Sunday night to come on come on with me. Oh man, I appreciate I, look, I was fighting all week like, man, should I do it? Man, I don't know that much about basketball. My wife's like, just shut up and do it. <laughs> <laughs> most, thank you. most definitely a pleasure, man. And nice meeting you, Mark. And you too. Was, um enjoyed hearing both of your um perspectives, man. It was good stuff. All right, guys, and we'll be right back right after this. All right, folks, that concludes part one of our NBA 75 anniversary edition of the Historically Speaking Sports podcast. We're going to be coming back with part two, and actually in a couple of days, once I get rid, once I get finished editing, editing it down, and everything is going to be coming right directly straight to you. Once again, please, if you like what you hear here, don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you hear podcasts. I really appreciate it. And until next time, once again, I'm Dana Augusta, your host, and you're listening to the Historically Speaking Sports Podcast, a proud member of the Sports History Network. So long.
Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.